Hello, this is Paula. And this is Susanna. And And this this is is the Joy Joy of Home Home podcast. The Joy of Home is a podcast about stories of the love of home, the joy of your own home, how you make your spaces personal to yourself. We'll have conversations about what makes a happy home with a variety of guests. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Well, hello. Hello and welcome. We have um, our wonderful guest for this week, Mrs. Truffle Pig. (laughs) Hello, Genevieve. (laughs) Hello. The most amazing name ever. And I was just speaking. It really is. Isn't it just? We were just speaking, um, Susanna and I, and Susanna was saying she has no idea where you got that name from. So I just thought, wouldn't that be an amazing... So I'm really intrigued to find out more all about that. Do you know Do you know what? I think I need to make up an incredible story because I hate to disappoint you. There is no amazing story <laughs> oh, behind no! that name. I know, and I feel like I'm going to have to just create something. I'm going to have to create it. But no, honestly, um, when I started my account two years ago, I just, um, I didn't use my own name. And I just picked up something that I thought was quite, I like pigs, I like truffles, and I just thought it was cute. And I just went with it. And now, um, two years later, it's evolved into something where I don't, you know, now it's almost become my second name. Absolutely. So, you know, the thing is, is I always thought because I, I mean, I've been a long term sort of follower and fan of what you do and your beautiful country house is gorgeous. I love (laughs) the ducks. I love that. You know, all of the sort of like beautiful, it's almost like Beatrix Potter. So I thought maybe there was a pig involved. I thought that was the, maybe there's a little sort of like potbelly pig that would come truffling inside the house. No, there's not. There's definitely ducks. Um, there's ducks, there's chickens. We've had guinea fowl. We've had, um, I've got dog, cats, all of that. And I would love to have, I'd love to have a pig, but um, my husband has <laughs> no more animals. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so no more pigs. And I am a brand new follower. I started following you as of yesterday. So I don't actually know that much. So could you maybe go back and start and tell us all about your house and your home and where you're from and how did you end up here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm originally from Canada, from um, Vancouver Island, and um, I was born and raised there. And when I was in my 20s, I moved to London. I just decided I wanted, I loved fashion. I wanted to go work in fashion. And I just um, made the big leap and and moved to London. Um, I worked there for 10 years, no, more than that, 15 years, um, met my husband. And we just got to the point where, like so many people do, they had children. We were looking to, you know, looking at maybe buying a house and it was one of those things where you go we went for a weekend away near Rye where we live and um and we just just fell in love with the area in East Sussex we just loved it and of course you could buy a big bigger house for your money and all that all that jazz so um that's sort of where where you know how we ended up here um the first house we had was um always it was a project um and we seemed to be sort of really attracted to sort of doer operas fixer operas um so the first house we had was um it was a townhouse so you know it it needed it had really good bones it was structurally really really healthy but um it needed kind of interior work it was really sad and it it kind of it was quite sort of 
tired, I suppose. So we did that for about five or six years, did it up, um, and then we sort of wanted to to have an, another project. We we sent, tend to go on a kind of six year itch. Every six years, we kind of think mm, maybe it's time. That sounds um, very familiar to me it, as well. Very, very similar. To Does it? It? I, I'm yeah. the opposite. Yeah. I'm the let's stay for a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I wish I was like that because I, when I do it I think never again the next one I'm gonna I'm gonna stay but yeah I guess I'm glutton for punishment but um so is your six years nearly up now it it is the six years here I know it is nearly up actually um but yeah going back to when we saw this house it was in such a terrible state it was just it was falling down it was literally oh no. falling down um and it was very sad I mean there's a long story behind it um there was a lady that um was actually she was married quite later on in life and they they were given this house as a um wedding present it's very old yeah it's very very old so the oldest bit of the house is 1640-ish so it's um yeah it's 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 very old and there's been later additions so um it, it she was given it as a wedding present and sadly her husband passed away early on and she um lived here for 60 years um just on her own and with her ducks and she loved her birds and her animals um and um but she didn't do too much to it so it was sort of a no repairs nothing in some ways that's a beautiful thing because you probably were left with some amazing original yeah. features but in terms of living the standards of maintenance sort of like, yes maintenance and modern living completely completely and anyone that's lived in an old house knows that it, it is an ongoing you know a labor of love isn't it it's just always something always something needs doing and for 60 years there really wasn't much done <laughs> to the house so you can imagine what what state it was in but anyway, yeah, we, we fell in love with it. We were blindly um, fell in love when we saw it. It was love at first sight. And um, we could look past all of the, oh, my gosh, uh, all of the mold, all of the rotten beams, all of the, I mean, you name it, it had it. Um, <laughs> what but, what yeah. was it? So you fell in love. Um, was it the look of the house or was it the feel that it gave you or how it sits in its land or garden or? Do you know what, Paula? It was a combination of all of that. It was um, it was instantly the look of it was so it had so much character, um, despite the fact, you know, it, it, it was very tired and there was bits hanging off of it. It just spoke to us. It had such um, it was on a lovely plot of land on the top of a hill. And um, it just had a really lovely when again, despite all of the, um, you know, there was no furniture in it. It was in such a sorry state. There was no electricity. But it, it no, that, that's a big one. Oh, oh it was bad. <laughs> you saw it by yeah. candlelight. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally they had torches, um, torches, and there was oh, it was horrendous. There was mosquitoes. There was infestation in the basement. Ugh, it was it Is was right in the pond and water. Oh no, because the basement oh. had flooded. <laughs> oh no, I I cannot stress without giving you nightmares how bad it was. However, despite all of that, we loved it. Um, and I think, it, I, I do believe without getting too kind of spiritually into it, I do feel like houses, they have a feeling, don't they, when you walk into them? I 100% agree. I remember walking into, when we were looking um, at the time of Hill House, we we loved Hill House instantly, but it wasn't quite right for us because of... Um, we needed extra rooms and 
for certain reasons. But it was stayed in our mind and we saw several other houses. One I do feel did break my heart when we lost it. But there are a couple of houses we saw that instantly I said no. You know, there was no reason. In fact, it had everything we needed. But I, I just thought, I no, I, I can't bring my children to live here. And it wasn't, it wasn't something dark or evil. It was just no. You just know, don't you? Sometimes just didn't feel right. You know, in instinct. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I've seen lots of those houses that just don't feel it the right way and you just can't Susanna, move on. You're going through this journey now, aren't you? This exact sort Well, of- trying, yes. Although it feels at the moment I'm on that stage, like, oh, it's just never going to happen. So I'm like, well, luckily there's not, not, nothing to really look at at the moment. It's the time of the year when, you know, it's winter and nobody wants to sell their house anyway. So I yes. am currently on pause and just maybe January will be bring something really exciting on my way. But yes, we would like to move if we can find our dream country house somewhere nearby. Yeah. Within our budget, yeah. which seems to be the trickiest part, really. Oh, yeah. It's always the way, isn't it? And the location. And I know there's so many factors. Yeah. So did you always want an older house? Was that something that, um, first of all, did you grow up in an old house? Well, in, it's funny because in Canada, our version of old, you know, is is there there aren't any houses that, you know, really past Victorian Georgian. There's not really as many houses. It's like Finland as well. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, where I grew up in Canada, there, there was a lot, lots and lots of immigration from sort of um, from Europe in the 60s. My mum and dad were both English and they came over and they loved kind of that architecture, this sort of Tudor houses and mock Tudor. So you can see in a lot of that heritage houses, when I say heritage, they're sort of turn of the century, sort of um, early 1900s, that that would be classified as a heritage, you know, an old house for, for Canada, for that part of Canada. And people do love it and they want to put back those characters into into even modern houses. You see sort of the mock Tudor houses and, and that kind of thing. Our, the house I grew up in was, was, I think it was sort of 1940s, but it was very much in the style of the peach frames and the beams. And um, my mum and dad, both being English, loved anything. They loved the blue and white china, you know, they loved all of that because I suppose it reminded them of, of England, of home. So, yeah, I did have that in me when I was young. I was raised around it and they loved it. So you had a sort of romantic image of what England or living in England was like, do you think? Or... I think so. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I mean, we used to come back and visit every summer, and um, you know, and 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 so I, we went into. My mum always made sure we had to go to the National Trust houses. We had to go and um, you know see all of these country houses. So it was kind of ingrained in me in a very sort of young at a young age. Um, but um, and it's funny because I think now seeing my children. When I was that age, I didn't think, oh, I'm going to have an old house and I, I'm going to have everything antique in it. No, absolutely mm. not. I thought I'm going to have a modern house. <laughs> I'm going to do, do the opposite of what my <laughs> mum and dad like. But I think it kind of, when you're young, you have a, a, a sort of a growing period, don't you? And then all of a sudden, all those things that you've seen when you were younger, it kind of comes out later absolutely. on. Absolutely. I think it's the, the idea of comfort and home and that sense of belonging somewhere. Your, the memories of what home was like for you come back sometimes. My, my son is totally like that. He's sort of, I will never live in an old house. He's he's wanting modern. He's 22 and he's still living at home. 
Um, but he's working now and he's got his eyes on the most modern box possible because he knows what wonky taps are like and clanking um, pipes. And he's like, I don't want any of that. <laughs> it's definitely not for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Like I have two brothers and myself and my youngest brother, we love old houses. We are both like just absolutely love the character and like it's just, it's definitely what ticks for us. And then our middle brother, well, he's the oldest of the two younger brothers that I have. He just can't even, he can't see why would anybody <laughs> why? put themselves through the faff and the like hassle. He wants to have just modern new houses and just not, you know, have to deal with anything like leaky roofs or wonky taps or anything like and that. And I get that. Yeah, it's taken me a good 10, 15 years of owning old houses. And now I absolutely can see the merit of modern houses, mm, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can see. Yeah, there's pros and cons to both, aren't there? Yeah. So so where did you um, start? So you bought this house that was literally falling down. And had no electricity. I can't quite get over that oh, fact. Oh, it was... Well, I, I say, I tell a lie, it had, it did have a little bit of electricity, but you didn't want to turn it on. For, it was quite dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it had um, electricity that was not safe. So we've, yeah. But um, where did we start? So um, we, oh gosh, thinking back, I don't think I could do this again. But um, we thought, do you know what? We're not going to rent anywhere because all of that money is going to go away from the house. We needed to put all of our funds into the house. So I remember we had one week to clean it and I just had a mask on and I was oh scrubbing everything um, down and cleaning it. Do you have children at that point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So um, my kids at that point were three um, and <laughs> Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> bonkers, bonkers. Um, yeah, but to that point, they, I think because they were so young, they thought it was like camping and it was really fun. Um, so they had, they had their welly boots on in the house and they thought that was great to be able to have boots on. Less expectations than maybe the teenage Yes, like they, I guess they exactly. like more. Yeah, yeah the younger children are easier it's an in adventure. that sense. Yes. Oh my goodness. How long did it take you to get it to a living standard? Well, um, because it was uh, listed, so it's grade two listed, so anything structural to the house, we have to apply to start working on it. Um, and that can take, it, it takes a long, long time. So we had to do. Oh my gosh, we had to get, um, you know, historical surveys. We oh had to goodness. get, you know, a special architect to look at it to, to say what, you know, there'd been so much done to it to cover things up. They had to do be very, very sensitive to the fabric of the building before we could, you know, do anything. And even then, when we did start work on it, we had to use special builders that were, um, you know, really trained in kind of in historic buildings. And did you find something really unexpected? We did. Um, I'm trying to think. We found lots of interesting things. I mean, the thing, um, a lot of, you know, the chimneys, a lot of dead birds and things like that, <laughs> a lot of horrible things behind the walls. But the things I found really, really interesting um, was, 
you know, um, if you took off a lot of the kind of masonry and um, there was, you know, wallpaper, you a lot of the tradesmen would put their dates and their that they worked on the house um, and their names and their families. So we have kept them, you know, every time we found someone's date or stamp or, or even, you know, on the old beams, there's carvings of their initials, even back to sort of 1500 that's around incredible. there. It's amazing. That is such, that's a thing of beauty to me. You see, that's music to my to my ears I love it and it's interesting whenever I show my house is a baby compared to yours it's only a mere 200 well it's what's yours Georgian, Georgian is it so it's Regency, Regency Georgian so it's a it's a mere 200 years old and even I when I show it brand I have new. people saying <laughs> it, it's, it's brand new comparatively but um, I have people saying oh how could you live in such an old house now how does the house I mean do you see when you love old houses that sort of thing doesn't enter into your mind but seeing a date 15 something I mean that's quite quite impactful isn't it that's quite an amazing thing it is and it really does um you know we're I'm still quite in awe of it that it's still standing you know and all of this was built we've got huge oak beams holding up the house that people used chains to build it with you know um there was no machines there weren't any forklifts there was you know nothing um, so everything was done by hand, um, which makes it even more incredible. And the fact it's still standing, they're quite, you know, they're quite basic structures. So it does sort of, you know, it gives you a massive respect for this sort of, you know, building. And the fact we, you do have to do, go through all these hoops to work on them in, in the long run, I do think is, is a good thing because once they're gone, once, once these things, you know, these features that are so historic, once they're taken out of the houses, you can never put them back. Um, it's a little bit of history. So it's, it is brilliant that it's being conserved, yeah. But I just noticed that you mentioned that it was the structure of your house was really quite simple. I had already, when you were t describing the state that it was, that did you find any kind of like unexpected catastrophes that, you know, no? Yeah, we did. I mean... You know, it, what the, the the real unfortunate thing and the biggest thing we had to do was in the 60s, um, a lot of these old houses, people lived in them and didn't want them to look old. So they would put, um, you know, cover over all the features to make them look very flat and modern. So what they did to the front of the house, it's a beamed house, you know, um, they'd covered all the plaster with concrete and fake beams to make it all, you know. Oh, and what happened was the oak frame, that trapped all the moisture, and so a lot of it had rotted away. So once we lifted up all the concrete, there was about four or five beams that were still okay, and all the other ones we had to um, splice in and put new old oak beams. So essentially the whole front of the house had to be... Re reinstated but we had to do it the way that it was originally built absolutely sometimes that can work in I mean obviously it didn't in that particular piece but sometimes the cheap way that people did things in the 60s can work in your favor because I've seen so many people who've just had things covered as opposed to dug up see now now people dig things up and they remove but back in the 60s and 70s they would cover um and hopefully if, the, if it's covered quite cheaply with carpet or or sort of like lino, then at least you can pull those things up and see something preserved. 
which is the dream. That's exactly what happened here. I mean, all of our brick floors, they poured concrete on top of all the brick floors. Um, and the minute we, because it was just horrendous, but once we, because it was quite, it was causing damp because the brick couldn't breathe. And the minute we sort of lifted, it was coming off and you could see the brick floors underneath. So instead of ripping them out, there was a lot of uncovering. We were quite lucky in that sense. Yeah. Those brick floors, they are beautiful. They're absolutely stunning. I they they work for the building as well, and that's what people didn't realise, I suppose, a few decades ago, that there's a reason why these materials were actually used in these buildings, and that's why the buildings last. Completely. Completely. And it's all about breathability, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> we had to learn so much about it, but they, the builders were saying, you know, the minute we uncovered all, we went, the minute we removed all of these modern materials, the house could breathe, and, and all the damp just went, and it, 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 it dried out. It was great. Um, so, yeah, it, I think, you know, if you've got an understanding, they are, they're simple structures, these buildings. And that makes a massive difference, I assume, for the temperature as well, that it stays much warmer inside when the damp is gone and it's not so humid moist anymore. Absolutely. That's t- completely, yeah. I bet it gave a sigh of relief when you came to be the custodian. Just the idea of your house breathing again and being able to... It sounds like you really rescued it. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I hope I like to think that we did, and um, yeah, it, it's um, and I think the fact that the lady that lived here just loved her birds, and the the first thing we did was we got some chickens and some ducks, and I do feel like, you know, I feel like she's looking down and she's quite happy because she loved, you know, she loved her house, you know, and she loved animals, and I think I think she's content with the way it's been cared for. I hope so. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. Describe, des- describe your garden as well, because your garden is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it's it's about three acres. And it again, it was really sad because the lady they she'd had carers and they'd taken all the beds out and just put it all to lawn. So there was no garden anymore. Really, really sad. And all the trees had overgrown and it was just a, a bit of a jungle. So um, my dad came and helped us. He's got a chainsaw being Canadian. He was in his element. He loved it. Um, he got the chainsaw and the logging and so, and uh, yeah, we just worked on it and I planned, I, I admitted I came in while we were working on the house. I thought I'm going to, I'm the days that, you know, the builders were working, I planned out a garden. So we put in, um, immediately put in um, about 10 fruit trees because I knew that that would take a few years to start growing. And that was, to me, that was essential to have some fruit trees, um, some apples and pears and all of that. And then um, I put in a vegetable garden and um, lots of roses at the front. And I just wanted it to feel very English country garden, very kind of... You've done a good job with that because it looks lovely. It, well, I, I saw pictures of it on your Instagram and I would not have guessed that it oh, had started off you. as a pure, just plain lawn everywhere. So yeah, you've done a great job. It's looking beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's such a very good tip for people <laughs> who are buying, um, whether it's a new house or an old house, is to not um, delay with the garden. Because if, if you do things with the garden instantly, then you reap the benefits very quickly, you know, the following year or the year after. You do. Yeah, that's so true, Paula. I, um, you know, I, I think my husband and my parents just thought I was mad putting, doing gardening when we were in a building site. But I knew that, particularly with fruit trees, um, it does take a good four or five years for them to really get going if you're buying quite small ones. And now, you know, I'm so glad I did put them in. And same with roses and things like that. I, I put them in. 
On the on the opposite side of it, though, I I went a bit too gung ho and I overplanted, <laughs> and now I I've, I've now got to look after all of it. And think, oh my gosh, I, I'm now sort of constantly thinking I've got so much to do in the garden. So, but what, yeah. but what you've achieved is a garden that looks as if. Well, how long have you been in the house? Six years. Six years. You you look. It looks as if you inherited that garden. And that garden had been with the lady that, for me, the 60 years. That makes me very happy. That's, that is brilliant because I wanted it to look like it had always been there. That's, oh, thank you. You've, you've <laughs> totally achieved that because um, it's it's amazing that you created um, all of that. I, I, well, bravo to you. I think it's beautiful, beautiful job. And it matches oh, so you. nicely off your, like the house and also the decor. I think you've done, like you would never ever think that six years ago it was just lawn and uh, empty hovel pretty much with no electricity and like you know mold growing everywhere so you've done a great job can I also ask oh, because you, thank you you mentioned briefly that you have a this six year six year system that you seems to be then thinking that time for something new that is this your forever house or are you potentially considering that you could move somewhere mm, I don't think we I, I know the answer to this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't <laughs> We may or may not be moving in the next little while. <laughs> the time will tell, but I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think it's our forever home. And I don't know. I think it might be a long time until we find our forever home. I think for me, I can never plan more than a few years in advance. I just, you know, when we moved in here, actually, I did think possibly it would be. I, I just loved it, and I and I still love it, but. I just, I get, I, you know, I, I'm ready for something new and something different and a new challenge. And, um, and I, quite possibly that could happen again in a few houses. My mum and dad did that their whole lives. They were always every four or five years flipping in and selling a house and going to a new and different styles. And I could see the energy they got off of it. They loved doing it. And it was, um, it was quite a team effort too between my mum and dad. It, they, they worked really, really well that way. And I think with with my husband and I, we're kind of similar in that sense. We've both got our strengths and the both areas that we like, you know, to look at in in houses. Um, and so usually we don't block, block heads too often um, over decisions and things because we're sort of in different. We, we, our interests are in different uh, areas. So <laughs> would you would you um, move back to a town or a city to sort of like the the middle of the hustle Maybe. and bustle? I don't think we well um saying that my mom and dad moved five four three years ago three years ago they moved from Canada to be closer to oh, us wonderful. and they live quite close so so if I got up and left and went <laughs> it, it, that that wouldn't um be a bit unfair so no I think we'll probably stay in the area um but yeah I would definitely go we've got some beautiful towns around us um and I've lived you know I've lived in Rye before which is a gorgeous town um if anyone has visited it's it's so beautiful on the southeast coast of England um and I would absolutely consider living in a town again and I think where we're at with children you know anyone that's got children they, they go through different phases and in a way it was easier when they were younger but now my eldest is 15 and she'd love to just be able to walk down the road and get on the bus or you know take the train to, to go to you know Hastings or whatever and we're, we're in your countryside there's a lot of driving involved absolutely. right now mm. so oh yes I, I know I know that feeling I've, I've been taxi driving for the last um decade um and now they're just it's a lot you know, now they're yeah. doing their own thing but it took a long time to 
you, you have to be at hand the whole time because, you know, you've chosen to put them in this space. Well, she moved to a city, Paula. What do you think? When we when we first moved to, to Hill House, it was it was going to be a chapter of our lives. And we thought that when we got to, when the children had left home and when we were maybe in our 60s, we would, we always imagined, I mean, my goodness, this is us thinking we'd win the lottery, um, a, a mansion <laughs> block opposite the Royal Albert Hall. We thought, wouldn't that be a lovely Wonderful. way to be old? <laughs> so you could go to um, I love museums it. and you could go to um, the theatre. And now we've been here for nearly 15 years. I don't think I I don't think I could. I'm in London quite a bit for work. I'm a Londoner. I'm from South London. So I will never not feel attached to London. But I'm I'm quite happy dipping into it, but spending my life out of it. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I'm now I'm spending a bit more time now once a week say in London and I I appreciate it more than when I lived there. I'm now going for a purpose. I'm I'm seeing those, you know, galleries, doing the things that that I kind of took for granted when I lived there. Yeah. Now, now I know that you've got a fashion background, and your your sense of style is just magnificent. It's wonderful. I mean, there is an air of vintage about it. It's not strictly vintage, but there is an air of vintage, isn't there? But also the way you dress, the clothes that you buy, even if they're modern shapes there they often tend to be vintage don't they or um how you create your style is amazing but it's so much like your home I think I I think I dress like my home do you I've you know I've never I've never really thought about that I, but I suppose you're right don't you think because you use a lot of color in your home I mean it's very yeah um it's very a very English style it's a very English country style but I think that is filled with color and chintzes and and pretty things and I think you dress in a very colourful pretty style that matches your home do you think I don't know <laughs> I suppose I do do you know Paul, I haven't really thought about it um and yeah I, I I suppose vintage secondhand antique all of that sort of realm to me has always been mass a massive thing in my life even when I was young my mum was taking me around charity shops and markets and Christmas bazaars and all of these kind of things and so even when I moved when I moved to London and I had no money I was so broke and I but I had very expensive yeah. I still <laughs> love beautiful things we could, we could all relate to this <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just loved you know fashion I was working in fashion I was working at Liberties in London and and oh I saw all these beautiful clothes that I just couldn't afford um and so I would, on my days off, just go to the Oxfam on Kilburn High Street and I'd go down and go to all the charity shops. Treasure hunting. Yeah. And, and that was my way of getting clothes that, that were beautiful and were expensive and lovely quality at a price that I could afford. You know, and I that's now, later on, that, it's, again, it's gone into my interiors as well, you know, um, when we were doing up the house, we, there was so much to be done to the structure of the building that I couldn't afford to spend £5,000 on ex very expensive, you know, um, um, curtains and, and drapery. So to me, I was straight on eBay and, you know, and all these places where you can get that value, um, you can find that beautiful quality. And you know, you haven't got the choice, you can't, you haven't got the huge selection, but I think sometimes that makes it easier to, uh, personally, I think that's easier when, you know, um, I've always said, if I, 
<clears throat> if I won the lottery and I I went shopping at a, a you know Selfridges or Harrods, I couldn't pick out an outfit. There's just almost too much selection. Whereas with antique shopping and secondhand, it, it almost tells you, doesn't it? What I always, I always find a really um, a good way of testing whether somebody has found their true style is if they had if they did win the lottery. I, I, I'm guessing you'd probably be exactly the same as you are now because I, I would be, I'm sure, Susanna, you know, I'm guessing that maybe you'd be, you, it would just be a, maybe a more expensive version of what you are because you, you, you've found your style, haven't you? Yeah, I have. And I think I, I definitely would, um, I, I can do it when, when I'm given things sort of set, when I find things secondhand. And it gives you a starting point with exactly the same with, with, with fashion and outfits and interiors. I think when you find a beautiful, say, chair that's upholstered in chintz and you just love it, um, that's a starting point for a room to me. That's a, or, or, you know, a beautiful uh, vintage handmade jumper. That's the starting point for an outfit. And it, it pushes you in directions sometimes that you wouldn't normally go in and you wouldn't, you know, so many rooms, I would never have chosen that, but it, it, it creates something that's almost better and more creative yeah. than you would have and more had interesting to begin probably. with if you had a, yeah, yeah. And has your style changed, do you think, since your days in fashion? We had Erica Davis here recently and she, when she was, her yeah. background is in fashion and she says she used to just wear black all the time and now she's the most colourful yeah. person I know. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Um, I don't think my style has changed. If I'm completely honest, I have, I still have jumpers. I've always loved the vintage cashmere cardigans. I've collected them and I've got ones that I've been wearing since I was 19 and I left for Canada. And so, yeah, there are many, many of the pieces that I wear now, I probably would have worn in, in my late 20s 30 for sure um however you know I like to think that I'm not stuck in a time warp <laughs> I, um, I I do you know I do like a new bag I like a new you know and, and sometimes I think I'm over that for a while you know certain looks and then I'll you make it you make it look very modern you know even though it's I hope good a, I hope a lot so. of it is based on um vintage style pieces maybe but you make it look very modern you know it's very you've got a very cool oh, look I hope so I don't I don't want to look like I've stepped out of the, um, of yeah. the museum being <laughs> a bit dusty <laughs> well, uh, this is a question that Susanna usually asks actually but um, what's your favorite room in your house my kitchen I love the kitchen um I think it's just I love cooking. Um, it's the heart of the home. Um, there's an aga in the kitchen and I'd never cooked on an aga. It was the only thing in the house that was really there when we moved in. And it's a big old oil aga. Um, and we eat, we got it serviced and it just works a dream. It's so warm. It heats the whole kitchen. And people instinctively, when they come in, they just sort of lean against it. And all the animals lean against it and because it's that source of heat. And it's the kitchen's Georgian, so it's an addition to the house. So it's got really high ceilings, which is nice. And yeah, it's just got a lovely feeling to it. And I have to say, we spend a lot of time in in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> I see you've got beautiful um, yellow units. Um, was that a what? What made you decide? I mean, it's stunning, and I would choose it myself. But what made you? 
Yeah, we 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 got them all built, um, and we again we wanted them to look like they were always there. So um, this is actually I, I have to give credit to my husband. He's really a kind of history buff for interiors, and he did a lot of research into the kind of proportions of cabinetry in Georgian times. Wow. So he looked into sort of what the what the proportions would have been like in in traditional Georgian kind of kitchens and that kind of thing. So, you know, um, he we, we designed it around those ideas and fr that framework um, and even the kind of knobs and the, the latches and things are sourced antique ones. So I think it does look quite authentic. Um, Gosh, you've done an amazing job then. That's fantastic. I need yeah. to have a really good look now when I so I can see the proportions because yeah. now I know that they are historically accurate as well. It, well, I mean, I don't quote me on it. I mean, he's, he's, of course, you know, you still have to do it so that the, the dishwasher fits in. And we do have a fridge, you well, know. Well, of course, not. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, yeah, no, it's still amazing. That's more attention to detail than I would say your average person would put in. Yeah, I think it's really important. My husband is, is actually, I've kind of got that from him. Beforehand, I was a bit, oh, it'll do, you know, a bit sort of glaze over it. Whereas he's a, those little tiny things bother him. The little, he said, that's not the right doorknob for that room. It's not the, you know, you'd never have that in a Victorian room or this room. But um, with, with, so the cabinets he sort of designed and we, and I'm, I like, the, I, I can choose the paint colors. He's not as bothered about that. So I, I actually chose um, dark green, a studio green by Farron Ball. And I loved that color. And we had it for about six months. And I just, I just, it just didn't work in this room. It was because it, it was quite, um, it's quite a dark color and it looks amazing in rooms that have sort of light flooding in. But in the evening, after about four o'clock, it just, everything looked black. So we, we went from that to all of a sudden, I just thought, you know what? I really like the combination of blue and white because I've got lots of blue and white china. Um, I love the idea of blue and white and yellow. I like that contrast of colors together. Um, so I thought, how, how about doing a, a, a sunny yellow? Um, and and it worked. And we did it in a really gloss finish. So it kind of the light bounces off of it. It is quite, it's a little bit kitsch. It's a little bit, but it's a very kind of 1960s feel to it in an old farmhouse. So, yeah. It's interesting. You say it's 1960s. It actually looks beautiful by candlelight as well. So then it makes it look older, although maybe they might not have used that colour, but it makes it look very almost like an old master painting. I think it's that the, maybe that's the, because it's got the gloss. That's such an important point, Paula. I think with interior, with, with choosing paint colours, and I've, I've had to learn this because I've made a lot of mistakes. I think you have to look at a paint in different times of the day because they change all day long, don't they, a colour. So, so, so the whole um, of our podcast is about the joy of home, and it's just so obvious that you have such a joy of your home, but also a very joyful home. So um, what are the elements of a home that you look for? So obviously you're going to be on, possibly embarking on a new journey, but what, what are you looking for, you know, that brings you joy? Well, um, you know, I, I think for me, you know, location is, is massively important. So, you know, you can have the most beautiful house, but it, if it doesn't work for your lifestyle at that point, you know, it, that's not going to work. So we're looking at different locations. Um, I do think that we probably will get a, an older house. Um, you, I, I think, you know, I like the proportions. I'd like a, a kitchen that works. 
A lot of things you can change though, you know, if things aren't right, I wouldn't dismiss it completely. Um, there's so many things you can change to a house. I mean, with interiors, there's, you can put so much of your own personality, you know, into it. So it's, it's really, sometimes it's difficult to do, but when you're looking around the house, you really have to just look at it as if nothing was in there and you're starting from scratch. And I think that, you know, the best houses are the ones that you can see people's personalities in. And of course, you know, I, you know, a lot of people say don't follow trends and don't, you know, um, that's the color of the, the year, that kind of thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I love seeing what's new and what's going, you know, what's in fashion. And, of you know, I, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think as long as you, you keep an essence and a feeling of yourself in the mix of everything, then, then it's going to be a fantastic interior and fast, a, a, a brilliant house. And it's going to have that feeling that we were talking about earlier, you know, that feeling that you just feel kind of happy when you walk into it. So, yeah, I think it's important to sort of keep, keep, keep true to yourself and, and have those, those pieces that just bring you joy, whether it be that, that sofa or that, you know, a beautiful painting and, um, and you can work around it. Yeah. You bring the joy to your house. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Thank you so much. That was an absolute pleasure. Thank you Chatting. so much for having me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. If you like this episode and would like to help the Joy of Home podcast, please share with your friends, rate and review. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts.